Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. There are increasing reports of chronic illness, including silicosis and even deaths of tradespeople in the Australian media, and the market needs a solution. Today on Eden Exchanges, we spoke to Craig Penty, MD of Gada Group Holdings Limited, who is working together with funding strategies. Gata Group has designed the Edge Saw and other products to help reduce silicosis and other illnesses caused by silica dust and industrial cutting materials. Listen as Craig introduces his product line, his distribution channels and strategies, and the unlimited potential for growth within the market. Find out how you can be involved in the project and more. Hi, welcome everyone. My name is Raghu. I'm joined by Ellen Rogers from the Eden Exchange team. Hello everyone. Today we're joined by Craig Pinty, who's the MD of Garda Group Holdings. Thanks all for joining us today, Craig. My pleasure. Now, firstly, Craig, can you tell us a little bit about your background? And can you also start us, you know, how you came to your current role and also um, what it took to get to where you are today? Sure. Um, my background's in the oil industry. I worked for about 15 years previous to Garda, um, worked for companies um, like Mobile and BP and Castrol and predominantly in sales and marketing roles. My most recent role, I left BP in 2011. I was the um, Asia-Pacific marketing manager for the lubricant brands for Castrol. So that covered sort of all of Asia, Australia, New Zealand, and the Middle East. So I've got quite a bit of experience in marketing across uh, international markets. That job involved a lot of travel in about 2011 due to sort of family and personal reasons. Um, I was living in Singapore at the time. We decided to relocate to Perth, and at that point I I was looking for an opportunity. I didn't want to go back into the corporate world, um, and I was looking for an exciting sort of new entrepreneurial, if you like, opportunity, and then the the Garda uh, opportunity came up. At that point it was Envirochasing Services, there was a small group of us looking for a business to buy into and what we wanted was something that was sort of doing something on the cutting edge of an industry, being very innovative, very differentiated. And we found that in the Envirochasing Services uh, business. Um, they were developing Steve Terpstra, the founder. He was developing uh, innovative cutting technology in the wall chasing um, industry and um, we saw a real sort of potential in that in that technology. So we decided to to buy into that business, and we did that in 2012. It's very timely we're speaking to you because there have been a lot of reports of serious incidents resulting from Australian workers exposed to carbon monoxide and crystallized silicon dust while on the tools. So how does Garda help mitigate these issues? And, and do you think the industry is doing enough to combat this? Yeah, good question. Uh, you're right. There is a, a lot of attention in the media lately on the silica dust issue, particularly in Australia. What we've seen is in uh, on the East Coast and particularly out of Queensland, there's young tradespeople coming down with silicosis, especially in the stone mason industry, cutting artificial stone. When you cut concrete brick and materials like that, you release silica dust into the air and then that gets breathed into the lungs and causes a disease called silicosis. So that's been very top of mind for us for a number of years, um, but 
really there hasn't been a lot happening from um, the the legislation side or the enforcement around that um, for some time. So basically the media attention that it's been getting recently has really boosted the interest. So um, Channel 10, The Project, ABC, uh, most of the major newspapers have been publishing these stories and it's really brought brought the silica dust silicosis issue to, I guess, the attention of the general consumer. If you look in places like the US also, they've significantly toughened their silica dust standards. Um, so that also helps us. So uh, governments and WorkSafe, we've been lobbying them for about five years in WA and we're finally getting some progress on that just over the last sort of six months or so um, where they're bringing a new legislation around that in, in WA commencing 2019. Uh, toughening the standards and doing a lot more in terms of enforcement. So that really helps our business because we've developed um, some concrete cutting saws basically and related equipment that greatly mitigates the silica dust. Um, so when you cut, typically um, uh, silica dust is released into the air and then the workers are exposed by breathing that and over time they develop silicosis. Our technology mitigates that silica dust uh, in a significant way. And in fact, the independent testing we've had done on that um, has shown that the silica dust levels, even after cutting all day indoors, are below laboratory measurable standards. So literally, you can almost say there's no silica dust in the air when you're using our new edge saw that will be launched in January 2019. Um, in addition to that, um, we're also focused on the carbon monoxide issue. Um, you might have heard the stories in the media around uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, there's been some tragic cases of you know gas heaters leaking indoors and entire families um, passing away basically from carbon monoxide poisoning. The same applies in the concrete cutting industry. Most of the saws are petrol powered. If you use them in enclosed spaces, carbon monoxide builds up very quickly um, and there's been deaths in the industry using this equipment without proper extraction. Um, we've developed technology that not only extracts the silica dust, but it also uh, extracts the carbon monoxide from the exhaust um, and delivers that via a vacuum system outdoors. So basically you're getting two hazards mitigated for the, for the price of one effectively, and the two major hazards um, are both handled by the new technology that we're developing. This has been around for a very long time, this situation, and obviously it's not limited to only Australia. How does the Garda Group different from other existing solutions in the domestic and international markets? Yeah, basically there's two main technologies around the silica dust suppression that, that they use on tools globally. Um, they're the globally accepted technologies. The first one is water. Um, water gets squirted onto the blade while the cutting's happening and that suppresses some of the dust. The problem with that is it turns the dust into a slurry, a, a wet slurry mess that squirts out of the front of the saw, goes all over the walls and the floors, has to be cleaned up later. If it dries and then gets swept up, it creates the silica dust issue all over again. So that doesn't have, it, it handles some of the uh, immediate silica dust, but it has several disadvantages. The other main technology is not to use water, but just to use a vacuum attached to the blade guard. And then that sucks 
um, some of the silica dust that's created during the cutting process uh, into a into a dry vacuum system. The problem with that um, technology is that it really doesn't get rid of all of the silica dust. You still often have to use a respirator and then the dry dust clogs up the vacuum and then you have to empty the vacuum later and the dust gets back into the air again. So everything clogs up and the consumable costs are really high. So they're not ideal solutions. So what our technology has done and what's different about our product is we've combined both of those technologies into one system. So what our edge saw will do is the water gets injected onto the blade, but within the blade guard, so the blade is covered by a blade guard. Um, The slurry is created inside the blade guard and then there's a vacuum operating at the same time. It sucks all the slurry and the silica dust away. And then on the way past down that tube, it runs past the muffler and picks up all the exhaust fumes as well and they get evacuated down the same tube into a vacuum and outside. So you basically get um, very, very low silica dust levels, no carbon monoxide whatsoever, and probably about 98 to 99% of the slurry that would normally be created with a wet system is actually removed while you're cutting. The side benefit of that, apart from all the health and safety issues, is there's an economic and cost and time-saving benefit. So typically, you'll have someone running around after the cutting, sweeping up all the slurry. With the edge saw, you don't need that. So in the contracting business, when time is money, you can save manpower costs and you can save on time so you can get to the next job faster. So we don't believe that, you know, in order to improve health and safety, you have to compromise on the economics of the job. We've actually shown that you can improve the the safety operating system and you can also provide enhanced uh, economic benefits to the industry. Yeah, so it is very extremely relevant and useful in you know protecting workers across you know, various businesses and industries. So where are your major markets and what res- what's the response been like to date? Um, we've decided initially to focus on Australia and the US. So I guess we've looked at the whole world because there is a global application for the technology, but um, we've wanted to sort of uh, prioritise the markets and take a sort of um, bite-sized chunk out of it rather than trying to t- uh, take on the whole world at once. So Australia is attractive because we're already in the market. We have connections here. We have um, distributors and we have a business here already and we know the market well. The US is extremely attractive because it's huge and they have really tough silica dust standards which give us a tailwind or give us te- our technology a head start because their standards are so tough the standard technologies out there are struggling to meet the new legislation in the US. And um, so we've got a real opportunity to launch the edge saw there. And probably we can say things like with the edge saw, you don't have to wear a respirator. And so you can basically cut with this saw without having to meet a lot of the cumbersome sort of health and safety um regulations that, that, that you would have to do um, using the conventional technology. So they're the two focus markets. Um, Europe's also extremely attractive, but um, we will look at that a little bit later on. We think we've got our hands full with Australia and the US initially. 
we've got at the moment we've got a couple of distributors in the US and a couple in Australia. They're extremely enthusiastic about the upcoming Edge launch. Um, that's very encouraging to us because they're both long-standing distributors in the industry. They know the industry really well and they can see the market potential of our product. In fact, one of the US distributors has actually invested in our company. So he really is, he really believes in the technology and understands what a difference it can make. The other thing that really encourages us, if you look at the industry, it's dominated by two or three really big big brands, big OEM brands. They don't do a lot of innovation and they tend to they're not very good at innovation, if I can be so bold as say that. They're very large companies. They tend to buy in their innovation. And then, frankly, there hasn't been a lot of really innovative work done around the silica dust and carbon monoxide issues for a long time. So we think these two markets are particularly ripe for um, creating a really strong niche market and getting a foothold into those markets. Okay, so developing your own product range, that's no easy feat. It comes with its challenges along the way. How are you currently um, generating your revenue? So we have an existing business called Envirochasing Services in Perth, operating in Perth. That was the business, if you like, that we initially purchased along with the IP. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of patents and trademarks that come with that. So uh, we're generating revenue from that wall chasing business. I'll just explain what wall chasing is because a lot of people might not know. It's, it's when you have to cut little channels into brick walls when you're building a new house, when it's a double brick construction house, and that's for laying electrical conduit and for plumbing pipe work because most of the construction here in WA is double brick. You actually have to cut channels into the brick to lay those services into the home. So we've got a business here. It's a franchised business. So we have eight franchisees. We give them exclusive use of the wall chasing technology, the saws, and they go out and cut for builders and for electricians and for plumbers. So we provide to them uh, all of the customers. We do the product. We do the customer acquisition for them. We provide them with a business model, the saws. We do all the debt collection, and we basically do all the invoicing for them. So and we allocate the jobs to them. So they go out and and cut, um, and we we basically run the franchise. So we get revenue basically from the income that gets produced there, and also from the franchise fees that we collect when we sell a franchise. So that business is growing rapidly now. We may double it year on year in 2019. And the way things are going, it's growing so quickly now that um, we may hit uh, 2 million revenue for the 2019 calendar year, which is a big improvement on last year. A lot of this growth is coming from the government and WorkSafe finally starting to do something about the silica dust and the carbon monoxide and the manual handling issues in this industry. And what we've seen is a lot of customers coming to us because, frankly, we've got the best solution and the other tools, a lot of the other tools that have been used uh, in the past are actually being banned off builders' work sites now. So we're in a very strong position to sort of continue growing revenue the other revenue that's at the moment coming in is from the product side, um, but we're only just developing and we're in the early stages of this business. So this is the Garda business, if you like, the, 
the saws that we're going to sell into the concrete cutting industry. The reason we're doing that is we see a lot bigger long-term revenue um, profit potential from that side of the business because the concrete cutting industry is much larger globally than wool chasing. So we wanted to take that IP and and transfer it into a, a potentially a much bigger market. So we'll see into 2019 growing revenues coming from that product sales business. The business model was basically we manufacture the products in China, we sell them to distribution distributors in Australia and in the US, and they sell on to the end users. And we'll leverage their extensive sales teams to help us get, uh, I guess, enhance our distributor coverage in the US um, more quickly than we'd be able to do if we had to put our own sales force in. So in summary, I guess we're getting some good revenues out of the local business now, the wool chasing business, but in the future, we'll see uh, strong growth from the product side and in the, into the medium to long term, that would be the bigger revenue generator. Now, it's interesting how you've, you've talked about your projections for your you know, your product and revenue mix there. And, and to back that, the, what are the your group's strategic priorities? And also, how are your team and board of management best suited to achieve this? In terms of strategic Priorities really what in a nutshell what we want to do is use our unique IP to differentiate our products and services and grow brand awareness and distribution. So it's all about differentiation. We don't want to have Me Too products. We don't want to be taking on big um, OEM brands, established brands head on. We want to be creating profitable niches through product differentiation and attacking parts of the market that we think they've neglected which is specifically around the safety handling side of the market. So a big part of it is to use the IP and the patents that we have to establish a differentiated brand, grow that profitable niche, um, clearly offer a, a, a different and a superior offer and benefits to end users, um, attract the attention of large OEM companies like Husqvarna and Still, because clearly our, our technology, they've got a lot to gain from adopting our technology. So we'd like to have discussions with them um, around that into the future. Um, obviously, ensuring adequate investment to support our growth plans is a big, big part of it. And then to further develop our product range, we've got a vision of developing a suite of products that all work together. They're all focused on safety with convenience and cost reduction built in. So a suite of products that work together seamlessly and are really focused on the safety side of the business. In terms of executing the strategy and in terms of the people, Steve Terpstra is our founder and he's the guy, he's still in the business. Um, he's a major shareholder. He's, he's a world-class innovator and inventor. This guy can look at a piece of equipment and figure out how to improve it pretty quickly. He can design a prototype, uh, make it work, and it's patentable. So he's a huge asset to our business, and he's really central in our plans of uh, you know continuing down the line of creating differentiated products and working on the R&D side. My background, hopefully, in sales and marketing, I've got quite a bit of experience on that side and into international markets as well. So that's 
will will help us sort of facilitate and expand and grow the brand. Um, my background, I've, I've had a lot of experience in, in developing new brands and growing brands. And really, this is a ground up um, exercise in developing a new a new brand and actually a new category. Um, so I'm really excited about that because we've got so many points of difference and so many things to talk about that can excite consumers and users, end users um, and distributors that um, we really see that sort of working to our strengths to, to do that. Um, the other thing I think we've done is we've taken a long-term view and a partnership approach. So really we look to build long-term partnerships, whether that be with distributors and getting them to invest or with our manufacturing partners in China, one of them we've been working with for nearly three years now, um, working on quality and product development. So we don't sort of go in and out quickly. We, we try to get to know people, develop a relationship. We, we find that that works better at protecting our IP than having patents and having legal agreements, especially in places like China. If you actually develop a relationship, it counts for a lot. So our major manufacturing partner in China, we've got a very close relationship with them built over about three years to the point where the, the owner of that large business will invite us. He'll invite us for dinner to his house. That That's the depth of the relationship. And we have a multi-layer relationship through his company. So that's really critical to our growth plans. All right. So overall, just asking about the bigger picture of the strategy. What goals do you envision from 2019 onwards? We know you have a saw that's coming out on the market next year. Where do you envision yourself in the domestic market and the international market in the next couple of years? And can I just add to that, um, you know, are there any sort of, you mentioned distributors, but any sort of alliances, strategic partners that you think are ideal? I know you, we know you're working heavily with, Mark Rainbird and the team from Funding Strategies. Yes. So in terms of your um, ideal alliances, are there any particular people you're going for there? Yep. So, yeah, we are we are working with Mark and Funding Strategies in terms of the sort of investment side and making sure, and as I mentioned before, that's a critical part just to make sure that we've got the cash flows um, to sort of get the expansion along the lines of what we want. So the key goals really, it's, it's about you're launching that Edge product in, in 2000, early 2019 because that really is a, a groundbreaking product and we'll really position the whole Garda brand around that Edge product launch. Expanding our distributor base is another critical thing and it's not just about getting any distributor with a heartbeat, it's about getting, as you sort of alluded to, guys and women that understand um, our market and understand what we're trying to do and really get in behind and, and sell our products. So it's easy to get distributors, but we want ones that really get a product and have the ability to actually sell something that's different. We want to further refine our manufacturing capabilities in China and keep building those critical relationships. And then we want to really get some discussions going with the global OEMs. And we see that as a potential exit strategy for the business. Uh, Saw brands like Husqvarna and Still are the global market leaders. With their distribution and with their brand power, they could do a lot with the technology. So we're really keen to continue on with sort of early discussions that we've had with some of them over the years, over the last couple of years and look to see where there might be 
partnership opportunities or whatever to sort of expand and develop with their sort of brand power and with their uh, distribution. We want to, on the local level, we, we want to further expand the wool chasing business because it's, it, frankly, it's helping us generate cash flows at this point, which is really useful. There is potential to expand that business globally, um, selectively into markets where wool chasing is prominent. Um, we've got a company in Ireland at the moment testing the technology because they do a lot of wool chasing there. So we may look at selling master franchises using the wool chasing saws and that technology. So there could be sort of other opportunities for us that don't entail a a whole lot of work because we'd have a master franchiser that would look after the business in that country. And then finally, I guess it's really just about developing, further developing the products, the other products, the related products like the fume tube, like um, we've got a fume pump product that allows users to um, uh, basically extract the dust and the fumes when they're cutting outdoors where there's no electricity to plug a vacuum into, for instance. We've got a fume pump that runs on petrol that can be used outdoors. So it's further developing that suite of products that all work together um, and create a, a health, a healthy, safe work environment, protect the workers from silica dust and carbon monoxide, save companies money at the same time and save them time. So really, they're the sort of key goals for 2019. And then obviously, um, uh, looking further afield, we would look at selectively at other markets that are attractive to us, and especially some of the the large developed European markets where we've already got some interest in the technology. Yeah, fantastic. Look, it's been extremely interesting talking to you today, Craig, about Agata's growth trajectory. We do encourage anyone interested or potential um, interested parties to uh, inquire. You can head to the Funding Strategies website at www.fundingstrategies.com.au. Alternatively, there'll be a contact us box near this podcast so feel free to submit your details and we'll get the ball rolling with uh, one of the team there Uh, again craig look extremely interesting and useful stuff you're doing in terms of both helping the market helping the australian worker and international workers plus the unique business proposition you have there so we'd love to have you up on our podcast again soon for an update thank you very much thanks for your time i've really enjoyed it thanks craig Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Craig Penty, MD of Gata Group Holdings Limited, working with funding strategies. For more information on this or any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to businessbyinvest.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for recent updates on the buying and investing business world. Or you can subscribe to this series on iTunes or Stitchers if you're using Android. Thanks for listening.